This show brought to you by Circle of Seven Productions, www.cosproductions.com. Please be sure to subscribe and welcome to our circle. Hello, everybody. This is Patricia W. Fisher with Readers Entertainment Radio, and it is almost March, which it seemed like February just really whipped by. Um, so I'm just kind of taking it all in because it's, it's been weird weather here in Central Texas. It's like, like 30 degrees right now, and next week it's going to be 80. It's bizarre. Um, so I'm glad to be inside to be able to talk to um, a fabulous writer today and give you ideas for books to read if you're having to be inside for bad weather um, or just want to be inside or maybe sit outside in good weather. So we've got what got you covered. A couple of things. Um, it's National Chili Day, so there's always the big discussion about that beans or no beans in chili in texas we kind of take it pretty seriously but it really depends on who you're talking to about the beans or no beans and so on a non-food related note um it is intro a girl introduce a girl to engineering day so it doesn't necessarily mean that you're trying to tell a girl she needs to be an engineer although you can tell her that but introduce her to some stuff that's just super cool and sit down and try and you know how you take it apart put it together solve problems it's pretty cool stuff and it's something that uh it's a it's something that everybody should uh experience at least a few times and then it's also world bartender day so be sure if you go out and have a drink tonight of any sort make sure it tip nicely and be nice to the bartenders um and now with all that being said i have an amazing author i wanted to talk to you guys about today mia heitzelman is a polka dot wearing horror and romance movie lover who always has a book and a to-do list in her purse she writes Fun, unforgettable, more than just laughs, romance, laughs, romance about strong women and men with enough heart to fall for, for them. When she isn't busy writing uh, fictional happily ever after, she's likely reading, playing board games, or eating sweets. She currently lives in Vegas, um, Las Vegas, Nevada, with her husband and two children. And you can find Mia on her website where you can sign up for her newsletter and be the first to find out all her latest news. And you can also reach out to her on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and BookBub. And her latest book by Tuway is out now, and it is called The Friendship Contract. Um, and I'm super excited to welcome you to the show today. Mia, how are you? Hi, Patricia. Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing well. And now that you told me it's National Chili Day, I need some chili and a drink from a great bartender. <laughs> I tell you, it was National Margarita Day on Tuesday. And I don't know why those two are not closer together, but I guess, you know, you just kind of celebrate one and then celebrate awesome. the other. <laughs> Maybe it should just be a week. Yeah, it was like a whole week. <laughs> That'd be so nice. So I mean, like not? I could use a nice little vacation with a good read and be happy. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, it's uh, isn't it always that way? And you, you, I've gone to uh, places and said, okay, I'm going to sit here and read. And every once in a while, you get to do it, but. Um, Sometimes it's just you're so exhausted you just sleep with the book. Like, it's next to you, so it's almost like you got to read it, but not totally. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So tell me, how did you get started with writing? Because Contract is not your first book. You have got poetry, you've got romance, and you've even got a children's uh, picture book out. So tell me where you started. Absolutely. Um, Well, I mean, I grew up in a bookish household, I would say. My dad and my mom are huge readers, and there were always books around in our house. So I really just got started in our household. Um, You know, my dad always 
gave me a book to answer questions that I had, you know. So you want to know how to buy a house? You want to know how to apply to college? Here's a book about how to buy a house, <laughs> how to, um, you know, go to, uh, apply to college. Yeah. So that's where my Excellent. love of reading started. But getting into writing, um, I started writing uh, technically in the third grade. <laughs> um, I wrote right. Garrett and the Parrot. And it won me a trophy and an award, so that sparked a lifetime love of writing. Um, and then Excellent. I regained momentum back in college and got into romance probably after, uh, let's see, I uh, found a romance community. So probably about 15 years ago. God, I'm dating myself. Yeah, about 15 years that is okay because I went to college in the late 80s, so you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was like telling on myself. <laughs> so you go back and you get into that. Why? I always ask people because some people don't always start with the, the genre they write in. So what made you, um, you know, lean towards romance? Absolutely. Um, I started with poetry. I always loved poets, so I am a poet, and it was mostly journaling and writing down poetry. Then I published that book, um, and that was my technically my first book. But then um, I, I have nieces and nephews. I've always been Auntie Mia. So as Auntie Mia, mm-hmm. I did a children's book for my nieces and nephews. And then, um, but then romance, got to me. I, I, it kind of started with women's fiction with romantic elements, and I loved it. But then mm-hmm. I was like, I always want more. Like, where's the romance part of it? I didn't really know at that time, right. at that point. And so then um, a few, I got some book recs, which is always the best when you find somebody who recommends a good book and you love it, and you're like, sure. I need more of this. Where do I get more of this? So I'm like hunting, and I found all these romance books, and then I was like, I want to write this, and that's just mm-hmm. how it started. Like it started from reading and loving romance, and then and wanting more of it, and wanting some stories that were missing, and so I needed to write them. What stories did you feel like were missing? Well, I mean, I wanted to see myself in some romance. I wanted some, uh-huh. but I, and I also loved laughs. I loved rom coms. I love rom coms okay. because there's just you know they're going to be lighthearted and that there's going to be some laughs. And I do want the real gritty stuff too. So, like, give me some tears and some emotions, but let me end with a happily ever after. Um, and mm-hmm. so, you know, what was missing for me was I wanted some, some black women. I wanted interracial. I wanted black romance. I wanted um, – people who were dealing, like I, I was a banker before this in a former life. I was a bank manager. <laughs> I wanted some really yes. strong heroines. I wanted some women who, um, you know, who had careers. And that was always a struggle too. <clears throat> the work-life balance, trying to write the things that you're passionate about and still have a day job and and build a career at the same time. And having right. um, heroines who wanted more than just the relationship. Right. I mean, that wasn't their sole purpose of, of being in the story was to find that just that person to complete them. Mm-hmm. They were looking, it happens in their life as they're, as they're exactly. working on other things. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I think that's a lot of, I mean, I've, I've talked to people over the years and they're like, why would you read romance? Cause you know how it's going to end. It's like, well, yeah, we all know that, you know, they're going to beat Thanos too. And the Marvel world, but we all watch it anyway. And we all you know, like wait for the tickets and, you know, freaking out when everyone's showing up at the end. Sorry, if any of you haven't seen it, maybe it's been out three years. So, you know, um, right. But I mean, we all know that. Yeah. Right. But I mean, you, we all know this. So, but we want the journey, you know, we want that journey. We want to see how someone is going to fix it. Yeah. Yeah. And is it true? Exactly. It's always about the how. Right. Yeah. Yeah. How are they getting to this ending? Mm -hmm. And does it make sense for the characters themselves? Yes, that's right. That's exactly right. Yeah. So tell me about this newest book you have. You have the friendship contract. And is this part of, a ser- it's part of a new series, right? Yes. This is a brand new book. And okay. I just wanted to say, too, like I, my truly books are coming next year in 2023, but this one's a self-published okay. book. And so I wanted to make sure I said that in case, you know, I don't want Tuli to be like, uh, you said this was a Tuli book. So <laughs> I, I, they're such a great, <laughs> no such a great family of, of authors and everything at Tuli. So, and I love it so much. Um, but this one I'm still doing because I'm I still have lots of books and lots of stories to tell. This one is the friendship contract. Mm-hmm. It's the first in the terms and conditions series. It is a friends okay. to lovers, um, and people who read my stuff are usually they they call me tropetastic because <laughs> I love tropes. <laughs> I like to throw them in. I like to mix them up. To me, they're like ingredients in like a stew, and you if you can yeah. get the right flavor by mixing them all up. It's it just makes for a fun read. So no kidding. Um, yeah, this one is friends to lovers, one bed, vacation, wedding. <laughs> There's so many things. Found family. <laughs> There's like a little bit of something for everyone. But the good news is, people say there's a, a huge amount of tropes, but they work well together. So we we hit the right flavor note. Yeah. Well, and it's funny that you mentioned that because I was going to ask you what your favorite tropes were, but that's that's true. This is a recipe. It's not just one um, trope in any book. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's kind of that mix. So if you combine these flavors, that you're going to get this. But if you combine these flavors, you get and and all of it's good. Um, but then if exactly. you you know throw, and, and usually if you yeah. have three dimensional characters, it's going to give you some other tropes too. Right. Exactly. So with your mm-hmm. um, the, the Terms and Conditions series, you've got this first book, it's Friends to Lovers, and then I would guess that you have characters um, in there that you're continuing the series with. Absolutely. So this there's the three characters, and they're best friends. There's Leah, and uh, Leah is the third friend, and then you have Damon and Allegra. So the three of them went to law school together, and they've all been like family okay because uh damon is a product of foster care system and so they become his family except the fact that he's in love with allegra and has been for over a decade (laughs) but the timing was off. and so now they were worried about messing up they call themselves the trio about messing up the trio and jeopardizing or risking the trio by falling in love these two of the three and so in the next book, Leah will get her her happily ever after. Okay. I love it. So what made you pick Damon to be from foster care? 
Well, I, I always pick something. Um, well, because I want three-dimensional characters who feel real, who address things that people don't like to talk about all the time. And so, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, by putting it in a story that is about love and hopefully I've done, you know, the topic some justice and, and shine some light on it in a, in a positive way that, you know, you can still have a life and, you, you know, you can find a family. It doesn't necessarily have to be a biological family. And so mm-hmm. he goes through a lot. I actually cried writing his part, <laughs> which is like my little yeah, like, like indicator that it's, it's good because it evoked some emotion out of me. Um, but, yeah, he, he, he goes through a lot, and he actually reconnected with some of his – with a foster family that he – but I don't want to tell too much because that's like a spoiler, but the, the reconnection is so important too. Um, he thought yeah. that he was – unlovable and that you know he wasn't worthy of love or a family right right so yeah we I, I and the reason i ask about that yeah I, mm-hmm. i'm glad you do because um we adopted two children from foster care and they were um very young two and four when that's we amazing officially got to adopt them yeah and it's you know mm-hmm. it's one of those things where you think okay they're young and and um you know we it's that, you know, love them enough to where they won't have any worries. And, you know, we're finding out in their teens that there's that nugget is still there of worry that it's all going to change. Yeah. And it's been a decade. Um, So I can't imagine what it's like for a child who's grown up in that and moved Mm -hmm. from different places. And they told us this and I was just horrified at this statistic and and you know i'm in texas and that has made its own headlines recently and i won't even go into it but um, oh i know it's don't uh, even go on twitter yeah, today yeah <laughs> i know it's just there's so much but um the woman who was teaching the class was just tremendous but she was saying that that if children uh, coming out of foster care if they age out if they're not in school um in the military and have a full-time job or don't have a home base like they have a foster family uh-huh. that they can return to, 100% right. within a year of aging out are homeless, in prison, yes. pregnant, or dead. That's that it. is absolutely correct. And, so, and I really wanted yeah. to address that, too, because, you know, mm-hmm. he, he did some couch surfing. You know, he didn't yeah. have a place to go back to. And even though he went through extended foster care, you know, I don't think that we talk about this enough and let people know that mm-hmm. this is happening and that, you know, there's people who don't have, like, a safety net or a family to go back to, and this this could happen, and it does happen. So, you know, yeah. and I'm so amazed at you for, for adopting, and I'm so glad that they have you. Well, they've taught us a lot. And they've just they've just made us better people, and 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 we we've hopefully done right by them. I mean, it's um, it's def, it's it's a process, just like anything else. And um, mm-hmm. you know, parenting is difficult at best. You know, um, so exactly. every child has their own un- <laughs> every child has their own uniqueness. But what I find yes. is um, is our middle two, so our younger two are adopted. We had two older children biologically, but the middle mm-hmm. two are so much alike, and the youngest and the oldest are so much alike. So it's just very mm-hmm. interesting to see that, you know, those personalities be so similar. Um, yes, I love to, that. To just navigate that. Yeah, 
it's 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 very interesting. So, mm-hmm. but one of the things we talked about um, that we were saying about um, kids going into foster care, a lot of states have programs to where they can their their tuition is paid for for college, but they have to take college have college credit by a certain age. So right now in Texas it's twenty three. Um, so if they mm-hmm. can like a community college class pass it, have a credit that locks them in. So let's say they go to college for a semester and they're like, oh, this is really for me. And so they decide to work a few years, do a trade, um, which some of that may be paid for, for school-sponsored, a state-sponsored school, military, or whatever. And then they come back years later right. and they're still locked in. But one of the things I didn't think about was, you know, how people move into college dorms. Well, what do these kids have to move into the college dorms? Right. They don't have anybody there helping them move in. Yeah, yeah. So anybody listening, if you can, reach out to your local colleges that have dorms and say, hey, you know, does anyone need, does anyone have supply, you know, have a wish list or something? Do you have anybody? You don't have to know who the kid is. All you have to do is say, hey, I'm willing to sponsor this. Um, And so. Yeah, like a nice little care package. Yeah, yeah. Because um, sometimes those kids don't want everyone to know that they're from foster care. You exactly. have to give them that space. But I mean, at least reach out and say, "What can I do to help?" I mean, come on, you know, I'm, it, it's it's if you buy school supplies, I mean, throw an extra thing of binders and pencils and stuff in there. I mean, it's it's a lot, so it means a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad you wrote this character. That just it, it's going to open you. a lot of people's eyes. Yeah. And I think too, yeah, I definitely about want to address surfing, something. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Because that feeling of not having that home base, and and sometimes kids don't get adopted in their teens because they decide they don't want to be, and but they stay with the foster families. Um, and then sometimes mm-hmm. there's a um, logistic reason in the sense of benefits that they don't get adopted. Yeah. Um, but still, that want to belong is just ingrained mm-hmm. in all of us. Exactly. So, yeah. That's yeah. exactly right. Well, I'm so glad. I'm so glad that you brought Damon and Allegra together. I'm though. glad. That's I didn't even gonna know. That's going to make my whole week. <laughs> it's going to make my whole week. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's why. I mean, like, so, I always then, say, like, if, if I can just touch one person with a story that matters, that's important, you know, mm-hmm. then, I mean, there's other stuff in there. So don't get me this is romance, so right. there's no, going to be other yeah, stuff yeah. in there, but that is an important issue to make, to help this character address something that matters, you know? Oh, sure. Sure. And and finding his home with, like you're saying, it's not necessarily biological um, with the trio mm-hmm. and how stressed he should be for that. Um, so, yeah, that's that's, right. you definitely gave him some something to chew on there before he's deciding to take the sleep. So, um, man, you just really... Yeah. You just tortured him, didn't you? A <laughs> little bit. I mean, but he's got he's got his bio, or his found family, and then his foster family to still too. I right. mean, he went right. through some stuff, but it's it's all there, and it makes him who he is, and why he's kind of a little bit quiet and a little bit reserved, and always has his stuff on him. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's another thing. So, if anybody doesn't know this, is a lot of times kids will be, if they're removed, sometimes it's a sudden thing. They have nothing. Like, our, our two walked in with the clothes mm-hmm. on their body. That is it. I mean, I don't have baby pictures. 
I don't know. I didn't know what their oh. favorite anything was. I mean, nothing. They walked in with clothes on their body. That yeah. was it. And so, you know, if you've got oh, and foster kids, they either grab stuff in the trash bag. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what I was about to say. Yeah. Suitcases mm-hmm. are so like, or a little tote bag, anything like that, because mm-hmm. it's so sad for them to have to have a trash bag that they just grab quickly with all their stuff in it. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. So yeah. And I mean, think about a teenager going to a new school and not even having school supplies. Think about a, a girl mm-hmm. going to a foster home and having to ask for feminine products and a razor. Oh, you know, no. um, it's just it's yeah. a lot. So if you know anybody listening, if you know of people who are foster families, if you know of like a local group, like a, a court appointed advocates or whatever else, reach out and say, hey, can I donate a backpack full of this, you know, and, and exactly. realize teens can hit really hard. So um, don't just be right. little kids. It's at every age up to 18. Oh, um, and um, so just, in Nevada, yeah. I'm in Nevada. Uh, Project mm-hmm. 150 does a lot of donations to at the schools and at, you know, um, at the, there's like a warehouse where they have lots of backpacks and donations. So feel free mm-hmm. to make sure, you know, check out Project 150 if you're in Nevada. Okay, 150. Okay. And then I will look up some more. We'll see if we can, like, you know, get the ball rolling and just have people just, make, you know, mm-hmm. think about that. If one person in every, whoever listens, if one, everybody who listens did one bag, like one bag exactly. of something, and even just put, like, some books in there, I mean, even the required reading, you know, they don't even have that. And, and right. um, it just, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. It just, it's, I think it's something that we just don't, really absorb it until we're in it. Um, exactly. You know, like, um, but I'm glad we talked about it my, today. Yes, and thank you um, for for indulging the conversation because um, it's it's yeah. something I think that a lot of people aren't sure about, and that's why you wrote about it. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so Project 150 in Nevada helps with foster care kids and um, giving them supplies and things they might need. Uh, Together We Rise is a group out of California, um, and they okay. actually provide bags, and you can fill the bags. And they're the ones who uh, they're on um, they're on Instagram and everything else, and they do a lot of things like they'll take mm-hmm. the kids to Disney World, and they'll even um, a lot of times they will get. Oh. Sometimes kids are split up between um, households. Yeah, you know siblings. And so they'll take the siblings together to these places. So, but they will give them bags full of whatever they need. Um, and so that's a big one too. But just look around. I mean, every state has it. Every city has it. So, um, right. and if not, maybe someone should start a nonprofit. You know, it's just do it. That's right. Help out. Yeah. I mean, you know, those little random acts of kindness are a big deal. So they add up. Um, so we've got Absolutely. that. We've talked about that. We loop back to it but you've got Leah's book is second um and then yes that's that's those are the two books of that series of your terms and conditions series or will you extend that uh there will be three uh we only like got a glimpse she's not part of the trio but um her name is Fallon she'll be book three she will be okay she's the sister of the love interest in book two okay 
Okay. All right. So well, that's um, cool. We meet uh, Brandon, who is kind of like the opponent. They're lawyers, I told you that, right? So uh, <laughs> right. Brandon Yu is who they're going against in a case in this book. And okay. so book two with Leah will be with Brandon. is an enemies to lovers romance. And then we'll meet his sister, Fallon, in book, book three. Okay. Okay. Get them all happily ever aftered up there. So yes. I love it. <laughs> that's my job. I feel like that's my job to create happiness in the world. That's my superpower. <laughs> that's right. The, the inter uh, what is that? What did I was telling someone? I'm an interdimensional matchmaker. So in all these different worlds, I, I create, this is what I do. I'm like, there you are. <laughs> Everybody, you need to coin that yeah. term. <laughs> I love it. I'm going to copyright that. <laughs> it's I think mine. You <laughs> so we've talked about your romance books. We've talked a little bit about your children's picture books, but you also have a tremendous poetry book out there. So can you tell me about Shade? Yes. Yes. Um, it's it's a, a collection of poems, and I call it Shades because I feel like a human is – so many shades of a person. So you have your light and, mm-hmm. and lighthearted side of you, but then there's also the darker topics that people don't want to talk about, like social, which like society and um, politics a little bit. <laughs> like I still think that goes in the dark yeah. category. Death is, you know, dealing with it because that's hard, you know, and aging, mm-hmm. that's also hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, Every year I get older, my parents get older, and, you know, (laughs) that is hard to handle. So I talk about a little bit of everything, a little bit of lightness, a little bit of gray area, and some darkness. So that's why I call it Shades. But um, I love poetry. I love to journal about it. And, um, yeah, Shades is out there. Okay. Okay. Well, I love it, and it's on um, Amazon. So if y'all want to grab it, you can get yes. it Kindle or in paperback. Um, so it's or print, so it's there. Um, and mm-hmm. so pick, pick it up because it is is from the point of view of a of a black woman, which you are. Um, mm-hmm. And I think yes. that it's important because I'm white, and so um, it's. I have been doing a lot more listening the past few years because I've always mm-hmm. been an ally, but it was always like I can do better. It's not like you can do more, I can do better. Um, and so right. I've been always wanting to try and fix everything. Um, and I thought, you know what, maybe I should just like That's the hard listen. part, wanting to fix. Well, yeah. we're solution-oriented yeah. people, so that's, that's the hard part sometimes, you know. You want a solution, but some problems, they don't have easy solutions that you can just, you know, tap on right away. That's right, yeah. And I think too, it's 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 okay to feel uncomfortable with conversations. I, I mean, I grew up um, in the '80s, and that's when there was this whole thing. And I remember at the time thinking, "This is stupid," but it was this whole thing about, "Okay, everyone, let's all get along." This is before Rodney King said anything, but it was, "Let's all get mm-hmm. along, and let's all be friends." And I remember thinking, "This is stupid because not everybody's going to be friends. How about we just all tolerate each other while we're in class?" I mean, let's like let's just do that. But it was this very rush, right. and let's not make waves, and let's not talk about hard things. And, let's, and I think it set us up. 
in a lot of ways to be mm-hmm. where we are, where nobody wants to talk about it, and it's either on or off. You know, right. Either, you cannot you know, go through life fire. not talking about things. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's 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 that feeling of okay, but when do we talk about it? You know, only when it's comfortable. That doesn't make any sense. So. Right. Because. That's like talking you about only grow ice when you talk like, about yeah. uncomfortable things. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You can't read the same book over and over again and feel enlightened. You know, it's just like, okay, we got this. Thing. <laughs> exactly. <It's time> to... <laughs> Unless it's a really good romance, and then it just counts every time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Come on, let's do it. So yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, it's uh, your book is amazing. The poetry book, the cover is beautiful. Um, so y'all pick it up. It's shades. And, and if you want to find Mia, she's on, <clears throat> she's online. So it's it's m i a h e i n t z e l m a n dot com. And yes, the link is in the right above the show, as well as all of her social media is in there. And one of the things I noticed with your social media is you have an event coming up on March 1st, Birds, Bees, and Bookish Talk Tuesday. Tell me about this. Yeah, I, we started, I, I have, I'm friends with another author, Tony Wilkerson, and we, we wanted to talk about books and celebrate books. Um, so once a month, on the first Tuesday of the month, we get together with a, the with a book club. We choose a book, and it, we do a book club. And for 30 minutes, we talk on Instagram about what's happening for the month, and we talk about the book of the month, and we just have a chance to engage with people and talk and have some fun, chit-chat. We do romance on the even month, and we choose another category on the odd months. So uh, this month is the Friendship Contract. Next month, we're doing Reminders of Him from Colleen Hoover, which it has romantic elements, but I think it's more women's fiction. So, um, yeah, okay. that's, for, that's coming up. That's what we've got going okay. on. So, yeah, I love getting together and talking. And feel free to join me on the live, and I always respond to comments. All right. I love it. Well, I mean, it's, I love the birds, the bees, and the bookish talk Tuesday because that automatic is a great line um and people are like oh well, what is this about <laughs> um <laughs> so i love that well That's you know awesome. birds and bees <laughs> i know you know i my mom was so good about telling me about all that because um her mom told her nothing and i'm like she didn't tell you anything and she's like no she literally <laughs> like i think oh, boy. <laughs> 62 yeah it was literally my mom. She said she was at a Girl Scout meeting, and they showed a video, an animated video of bees pollinating flowers, and that was it. And all you know, and all these mothers, oh my, and her, my grandmother sat there and sobbed. She sat there and sobbed about it. And my mom's like, "What is going on?" It's like, nope, none of the girls knew what was going on. Oh, and, and shout out to like, the Girl Scouts. <laughs> We've got ten more days yeah. of cookie sales. Thank you. I can almost see my dining room table. Almost. Almost all the cookies are gone. <laughs> yeah, I'm a Girl Scout My husband's like, is it over yet? <laughs> uh-huh. So how many Girl Scouts do you have? I have two. Okay. Two girls. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Oh, have you tried the new Adventure Fools yet? 
I have. They're still not my favorite. I still love Samoas the most. Yes. You know what I would love, though, is, you know, Jason Momoa was on the red carpet a couple years ago, and they showed that (laughs) picture of that that girl that did the Momoa Samoas um, and put a picture on the box. Oh, no, it was delicious. And so, and the cookies were too. But um, so they're showing him this, and he's like, that's really cool, but I like the shortbread ones. So I thought it was like a huge miss that Girl Scouts should just send him like cases of trefoil. Like, I love it. It would be so much PR. Mm hmm. It really would. I like a little bit of peanut butter on them sometimes. Yeah. A little peanut butter. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So good. <laughs> you are I know. making me hungry. Um, I know. It's just not right. I mean, but I, I was looking at the Adventure Folds. So anybody who doesn't know what they are, they're little brownies with like a caramel milk on top and then like chocolate drizzle. Um, my, and yeah. my daughter loves them. But I was like, I could make this though. I mean, this is just like, I don't know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm being thinking too much of myself. But I mean, it, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I could make it. Now, would I make it? That's a whole other issue. Like, you know, all the other nice exactly. things that I have to do. Right. And that's why Girl Scout cookies are popular. Exactly. <laughs> Nobody exactly. wants to yeah. <laughs> So tell me, you've got the self-published book that you're doing, but you've got a project with Too Late coming up this year, or 23. So tell me about that. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited about this series. Like, I cannot wait to share it with everyone. It is uh, Board Games and Love. It's the Love and Games series, and the first book is called Monopolove, so it centers around a couple and Monopoly. The second one is Trivialized Pursuit, and so that one is obviously Trivial Pursuit, (laughs) and the last one is going to be Clue. So. I'm super excited about this series. Wow. I love it. I love it. So, it, and have you, are those your three games, like your favorite games? Is that why you picked those? Or is it just like flowed better for the, for the title? Well, I love Monopoly so much. And nobody wants to play with me, though, because it takes forever. But, um, <laughs> but Monopoly, <laughs> I read about a tournament. And so that's where I got the idea because I was like, a monopoly okay. tournament. That's that's yeah. different, <laughs> you know. And right. then, you know, you go down the rabbit hole and you start researching and trying to get answers for the questions that pop up. And so then, mm-hmm. of course, I, you know, was thinking about two people who were opponents. And, of course, it's romance <laughs> and they're going to live happily ever after, but it's going to be a whole lot of hijinks and haywire stuff happening in between. So I I just That's love That's right. It. Yeah, my brothers and I would play Monopoly growing up, and one brother would always think he'd wiped out my, you know, the other brother financially. <clears throat> and then the <laughs> brother who looked wiped out would say, oh, wait, I've got these two 500s under the, under the board. Like, here we go. That's, <laughs> I love the hidden 500s under the board. That's one of my favorite things. You always keep a couple under there for emergency status. And then when they think they've That's got right. you, you don't. I am still the winner. <laughs> go hang That's out right. in jail. You don't. <laughs> and I'll be passing right. by. Yes, I'll be passing you by. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And and um, and then, of course, Clue is always fun. And 
Um, mm-hmm. And it's interesting with board games. I'm sure you've seen this if you've played at different people's houses. It's almost like people adapt different rules in some ways. Like my the way we Absolutely. play Clue is, you know, the, the person who asked the question of, you know, it was it Colonel Mustard in the study with a crowbar, um, and you have one of those. You show only to the person that asked, right? Well, I was playing with mm-hmm. some people that said, no, you show everybody. And I'm like, no, you show just the person. Um, but then, of course, the game would be like <laughs> nine hours long, which I think is the point. <laughs> Exactly. But see, I love all these yeah. games because I want them to take a long time. I love having game nights. And, well, I really miss that the most is having people around. I like things like yeah. game nights and tea parties where you get to dress up and wear fancy clothes and stuff. But I think I'm the only yeah. one in my family who loves that part. <laughs> <laughs> Have you played a game called Pente? No. Do tell. Yeah. Okay, so it's a game that's like a few thousand years old. Apparently it's played, this is a story. It was played way back with the Greeks. Um, but it's a like flat, you know the little gem things you put, you see in the bottom of like flower uh, arrangements, like the, you know, the clear looking decorative little things that you put in the bottom yeah. of faces and such. Okay, mm-hmm. so it looks like that. The pieces are like that. You have two sets and you have to get five in a row but it, you can block your opponent, and then if you get one on each side and there's two in the middle of the, your opponent, you take those two in the middle. I mean, there's, it's a, it's a, it's a um, strategic game. I have never won. Um, my husband showed it to me when we were first married, and he's very um, engineer-brained, so I've never won this game. Mm-hmm. And um, even, like, when we were first married and it was the honeymoon period, I was like, seriously, you know, like, you're not going to let no. Um, so uh, <laughs> I've never won. Um, but it's it's very interesting how it plays out because you really have to think, like, four steps ahead. Um, but we just recently got one at, um, I think it was Target. So if you look it up. But it's, it's, it's fun. Okay. I mean, it's a lot of fun. You spell it for me. It's yeah. P-E-N-T-E? Uh-huh. P-E-N-T-E. Pente. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. But okay, I, I'll, yeah, I've I'll never heard it of it out. either. Yeah. But it is fun. Like you're talking about, it's that, um, you know, I've done that with my kids. It's like, you know, look out the window to see where we are. So you can, when you start driving, you actually know where to go. Because it's this feeling of mm-hmm. always being dependent on that computer or the phone will work or, you know, I can just do GPS. It's like, no, you need to be able to know how to get anywhere without using that. Because believe it or not, people right. did this before. Um, so those games, I think, are incredibly important for those for reasons of just thinking it through. Um, and, I mean, what's yes, your go-to? And you know board games. Game yeah. Yes, like – well, I love Taboo because um, it, that's not technically a board game, but it is a family gathering game because you're like, right. I love that we're just loud and yelling back and forth and trying to get somebody <laughs> to guess and the time is it's, it's just draining on the, on the little sands and we're just having so much fun. Uh, my family's really loud, right. so I, I mean, it just goes with the territory. <laughs> so much fun. <laughs> So not so much yeah. card games. I mean, you're in Vegas, so no, it's not, not the cards, huh? I mean, 
what's funny about Vegas is people think about the strip and I rarely right. go down to the strip because I mean I live here <laughs> and my house is right 30 yeah. minutes from 20 to 30 minutes from the strip and I don't really go down there unless I need to or unless someone's visiting right right I know it's a lot of um I'm in San Antonio so everyone's like so you go to Alamo all the time I'm like no <laughs> I've been several times, no? <laughs> Not really. Yeah, like you just hang out. Oh, this weekend I'm going back to the Alamo again. Like we just all hang That's out right. at the Alamo all the time. <laughs> it's very interesting, though, because when people come visit, they're like, it's downtown. It's like, yeah, it's in the middle of downtown. I mean, literally built around it. Um, and they've been right. smart because it's just the small part of it now. So people are like, this is it? I'm like, well, it was far bigger, far more reaching. But now they've actually been smart to show where corners of it would be. Like there's little markers. It's like, and this is where this, you know, Mm -hmm. southwest corner of it was. So people get a better idea of how big it was. Um, But, yeah, it's right in the middle of downtown. Yeah. 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 Interesting stuff. A little bit of history there. So why not? Um, So... What is your – so we've got about three minutes left, but I wanted to know what is your go-to um, – you know, what's on your to-be-read pile for for you when you get a chance to actually read? Um, I will say about 80% is romance because I just mm-hmm. love Happily Ever Afters. I love beautiful covers. I want it on my shelf. I want it in my Kindle and my and in my ears with audiobooks. So – I'm always reading, listening, or creating romance. The other 20% is probably, uh, I love horror and mystery thriller. I'm such an extreme person. I'm a Pisces. And so it's either give me all the love (laughs) and happily ever after, or there's mayhem and murder. So (laughs) I love a good uh, whodunit. So right now I'm loving in that department. Oh, go ahead. Uh Oh, no, go ahead. You're loving what in that department? You're loving what in that department? Um, (laughs) I'm loving Paula Hawkins, Sherry Lapina, Lucy Foley. Um, They've all got some great, great, um, like, dark books to read and Uh mystery, suspense, horror. Mm -hmm. So so let me ask you, is it – who's your go-to? Is it uh, Freddy Krueger, Leatherface, um, Michael Myers, or um, Jason? Who's your go-to? It's always going to be Michael Myers to me because Michael Myers is the classic one. And I've watched um, the movies that made us, and I hadn't realized Mm -hmm. it, but there is no blood in that movie, like not a drop of blood in that movie. Mm -hmm. And I was totally Mm -hmm. shocked by that, and, of course, I had to rewatch it. But I'm still afraid of Michael Myers since I was a kid. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, well, the music and the whole thing. And you know he's coming. Yes. Yeah. And the shoestring yeah. budget that they had to make a movie that, that is that classic is just, uh. And I still love the original one. Um, mm-hmm. I love, I don't really care for the newer ones as much because it's just like, come on, why has somebody not chopped his head off yet? <laughs> Except for they did right. that in that one right. before they decided to do some remakes. Jamie Lee Curtis, um, you know, took care of it, and it should have just been over, but then they needed more remakes, so... <laughs> Yeah, I, I think love, after I a while, it's the like, whole dude, they can't still be alive. Yeah, they just can't still be alive. <laughs> it's just like, come on, no. 
This is just, this is sad. I mean, and this last <laughs> one that came out was a hot mess. Oh, my God. Because, I mean, the scene at the end, the fact that he was still alive after that or that they didn't do what they needed to do at that point is a hot mess. So, mm. yeah. I like well, I think you should write one and tell them how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I actually do have ideas for it, and I can't write it right now because i got too much on my plate, but I'm hoping uh, my plate will have some room next year. Yeah, yeah. I, well, absolutely. So thank you for coming and talking to us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Patricia. I've had so much fun. I love talking to you, and I love the conversation that we're having. And I hope more, uh, like everyone listens to it, and they go buy your books too. <laughs> oh, well, you're so sweet. Thank you so much, Mia. I have been talking with Mia Heiselman. You can find her on Facebook, yes. Twitter, Instagram, and BookBub. Her most recent book, The Friendship Contract, is out now. And all the links for her website and social media are in the write-up of the show. And everybody, stay safe and keep on reading. This show brought to you by Circle of Seven Productions, www.cosproductions.com. Please be sure to subscribe and welcome to our circle. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.